Welcome, and thank you for listening to the 9-7 Podcast, where we talk about our journey from 9-7 to now. We are your hosts, Richard and Mary Robinson. Though we aren't relationship experts, we've learned a lot along the way since 9-7. Hello, everyone. Hey, hey. Thank you guys for tuning in another week with us. We really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. So how are you today? I'm good. That's good. It's a cold, cold, but bright and sunny Saturday. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to snow. It's supposed to, yeah. 69 inches. Not 69. 629 inches. Oh, okay. <laughs> but nonetheless, it's supposed to snow, and I'm ready for it. I think it'll be nice to, excuse me, have some snow to frolic through mm-hmm. with the kids. Yeah, everybody enjoys a light Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so we should have that rolling in, you know, as long as the forecasts are correct. Tomorrow, at some point, we'll get some snow. So mm-hmm. that'll be fun. The kids are mildly excited because they don't want to get their anticipation up too much. But we'll, you know, I'm thinking we'll get at least something for them to play in. Mm-hmm. I mean, just enough for them to make a snowball or uh, a, a baby a baby Yoda-sized snowman yeah. is, is more than enough. That's true. And, and they won't be out there long anyway. We usually get about 15, 20 minutes before they're like, I'm too cold. Mm-hmm. So, but either way, it'll be a good time. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. So last week, we talked about um, having just our one daughter and um bringing in to the mix our uh, my mom we had like a multi-generational house for for some time and um so this week we're going to talk about baby number two baby number two and comes baby number two little girl number two um and in the in prepping for baby number two, it was a long process um, because when Amari was three, that's when we decided we wanted to start, you know, working for number two. And it took us two years <laughs> to um, to get pregnant with her. So it was a, a well, um, a well, what's the word I'm looking for? well anticipated pregnancy because it did take us quite a bit of time and just so you know at this point i was still hoping for twins yeah or triplets or something like that for sure but no no twins or triplets but we did um you know have that good actually it was about two and a half years because no two years yeah it was it was just over two years because we found out that we were pregnant. I think it was like July of the year that Amari was five. And um, then Ari came in um, February. So, yeah, that was it was a, it was like a, a, a nice little trying there for those two and a half years mm-hmm. after after um getting out i had an iud 
We took the IUD out, and then it took us two and a half years to get pregnant. Why did you get an IUD? After Amari, we got an IUD. Why? Because I didn't. I it was just the lowest um, hormone type of birth control. So how did it compare to pills or whatever? Like what? What is an IUD? And I think I think that'll be good context instead of just saying IUD. That we explain what it is and how you got to the decision well, to use IUD in the first place. IUD versus the what five year shot and the. I really other wasn't. Ones. I, I just well IUD is an intrauterine device, so they essentially put this device into your uterus and it prevents pregnancy. It looks kind of like the letter T if you if you look it up. That's what it looks like, and it uses some of them use no hormone at all. But the one that I used had the lowest amount of hormone, which is what I wanted. How is that possible to not use hormone? Um, it's it's a copper one. I'm not exactly sure the science behind it. Oh, I'm copper not, just... I am not even going to pretend like I know. Oh. So if you want to do that research, feel free. Because I, I mean, I learned enough when I was trying to make the decision to make the decision that I made. But I didn't commit it to memory. I just committed enough to know what i wanted to do mm. so i just wonder what copper does to sperm now that <laughs> i don't know like... if it's the copper or if the copper just makes i don't i don't know i'm not even gonna pretend again but um yeah and with the iud it takes the having to remember every day to take a pill out of the equation and i had tried like the the nuva ring which is like a ring you put into your vagina and I tried that but I mean I had mixed feelings about it um so once we got pregnant and after Amari I just um the IUD seemed like the best choice for me and Wait. I didn't have any issues with it so you were using the new ring before you know before we before got pregnant Amari. yeah oh is that a you didn't do that yourself, though, did you? Yeah, NuvaRing was like a, a month at a time. Oh, and you self-insert? Yeah. Oh, I thought you went to your OBGYN for that. Mm -mm. Oh, okay. Nope. Okay. But anyhow, so we got that out. It took us two and a half years to get pregnant. Um, And it's funny because it ended up working out to where right when we got pregnant with Ari... I had just made the decision following the Lord's lead to stop teaching, to stop um, working out into working in the public school system. Um, I, we talked about this on a different podcast last season, but just to recap, I had um, gotten uh, a promotion essentially to become a teacher specialist, which is essentially I would be teaching teachers throughout the district that I was working in at the time. But they never filled my teaching position, which meant I could never take my teacher specialist position. And so what, you know, I, I God had told me when Amari was born that I needed to homeschool. But at that point in time, I really, really wanted that teacher specialist job. Like I really wanted it. And so I had prayed about it and prayed about it. And I said, okay, God, if this 
if I can't ever step into that role, then I know for sure that I'm supposed to homeschool. And I was never able to step into the role. And so I put in my <clears throat> resignation from the from my teaching position, you know, as not not putting my resignation, let me backtrack. I didn't sign my letter of intent, which is a letter that they give you at the end of the school year to say yes or no, I will be coming back the next school year. So it's basically how they know what positions they need to fill. And so I signed that I wasn't coming back in April or March or whatever day, whatever month they used to give those out. I can't really remember. Probably was April. And, um, and so right after I signed that, it was in that very summer that we found out that we were pregnant. <laughs> um, so that was, that was, a uh, a funny thing to me like man we've been trying for two and a half years I signed this letter and then we get pregnant and so I, my first year of homeschooling I was pregnant and then um, boom here comes baby number two in February so do you think some of the stress of of working and dealing with you know the, the whole thing with the teacher specialist and, you know, essentially being jerked around at work to to a degree, you think that stress was also um, preventing us from, from or, yeah, pre- preventing us from conceiving? Because um, from what I understand, women's physiology is very much in tune with your emotional state at any given time. I mean, it, it very well could be because if I sign the letter in April or even May, it still computes that we would have conceived after I signed the letter. Mm -hmm. So it could have been a sense of relief there that I'm like, okay, I'm going to be at home. And then things just worked out. It could be. I mean, I also had been diagnosed with um, polycystic ovarian. So they had told me that, you know, getting pregnant would be very 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 difficult to begin with did we ever go over what that meant we did last season okay um so um it did take a while but to your point like very soon after i signed that letter um, we didn't find out we were pregnant pregnant until a month or two later but it computes out but um so yeah baby number two comes february and um, our initial due date was my birthday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I wasn't very happy about that, though. I know a lot of people were like, what? You wouldn't want the same birthday? No, I don't. I feel like I share a lo- enough to where I would still want my own day. And um, per the norm for our children, um, they all came early to some extent. And Amari came a week seven days early Ari also came seven days early mm-hmm. so she came on the 12th and early based on the projected the due date yeah because we don't know nobody knows the exact right the, the due dates are all calculated or computed by the ultrasound and then the size of the uh, fetus in utero so you know they know what a six-week-old fetus looks like so they'll say, okay, this baby is about this much old. So your expected due date is 
whatever. I wonder if you can have a fetus that's as big boned, so to speak. Shut up. Like your fetus is <laughs> but just But it's a like development. Bit. So it's like, you know, at this week, this thing forms. At this week, this thing forms. So it's like, oh, you see a fluttering heartbeat. That means they've got to be at least this amount old. Or if they still got the tadpole tail. Right. Then there's still this amount. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a little bit of, you know, educated guessing there mm-hmm. based on some some uh, research. And as, as a parent, all I heard is that all our kids are overachievers. <laughs> and they just decided to come early. Like, oh, I heard what you projected, but we're going to get this done a little bit soon. Yeah. So, yep, she came one week early, and she was, I mean, I had, um, during the pregnancy, I can't remember what it's called right now, it escapes me, but she was the one where I had all the extra fluid, Mm -hmm. um, and so she had plenty of space to (laughs) kick around, and she did kick a lot, um, and I remember... You know, when I finally did go into labor, um, when my water broke, good Lord, it was so much water. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember what that what that issue was, but... I can't recall. I remember what it was, a lot it was of called. Fluid. But, yeah, it was concerning because, you know, more fluid means more chances to for umbilical cord to get wrapped and all of that. So, um, I feel like hype or something. I can't remember. But, um... So, yeah, when we went into labor with her, um, it was very, oh, it was a lot. Oh, and because you had that extra fluid, that's when we had to do the whole body pillow thing for sleep. Oh, I did that with all three. But I thought it became more critical because of the weight difference with the extra fluid. Yeah, I don't remember it being like something I had to do more than it was just... I remember remembered being more comfortable with it with our oldest, so I just automatically wanted it again because it was the only way I could get good sleep. With yeah. the um, what was it called? I don't know. It's just the sh- snook, snook, snoop, snoop. I don't know. Don't have me lie. I think it was a snoogle. But it was shaped like a elongated, bun. like a elongated C letter C. Yeah, but remember when you wrapped it in to itself, it looked like a cinnamon bun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I recommended that pillow to everybody that I knew that had gotten pregnant. Yeah. Because it was it really did make sleeping a lot easier. Cuz it hooked under your on your shoulder and then up between your legs mm-hmm. and sat under your belly. That was that was interesting. I was always like, who thought to make this pillow? Well, it had to be a woman who had had some babies because a body pillow didn't do it. Mm-mm. Not like that pillow did. But that's what I was thinking cuz I remember I feel like we got away with a body pillow or something like that with Amari. Mm-mm. I had a snoogle. And then I bought another one when we had Ari. So what did we do with the first one? I don't remember. I know we, I, I'm assuming we gave it away. I don't know if I gave it to someone else who was pregnant. I don't remember. All I know is I had two. And I gave the first one. The first one was gone. And then the second one I ended up keeping because I got pregnant so soon after we had Ari. Mm-hmm. Okay. But um yeah, that first one. I will never forget the day that we found that at um Babies R Us gone now. But mm-hmm. Babies R Us used to be the bomb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pull a little bit out for Babies R Us. Right? And um 
Yeah, when I first got that one for Babies R Us. Because the second one I ended up finding at Burlington Coat Factory. They sell more than just coats. More than just coats. That's the truth because I found that one there. um, Because at that point I think Babies R Us was phasing out or something. When um, Ari came along. Mm -hmm. But uh, all I know is I know the second one I got from Babies. I meant Burlington. Well, here's the other question. Now that we're on baby number two, did you have the same cravings? I did not. With um, our first, I had, you know, I told this story about the, the baked potato and the push pop, the push um, sherbet. Mm-hmm. But with our number two, with Ari, I didn't really crave much. I just had aversions. Like, I could not stand the smell of a pickle. Mm-hmm. Like and you used to tear pickles. Man, up. I used to eat a ton of pickles, um, but I couldn't even have it on my sandwich. If I could even taste, it, I couldn't have it on my sandwich and then take it off. Mm-hmm. If well, I could taste the taste pickle, the if I could smell it or taste it, I was instantly like nauseous. Mm. Couldn't stand it. Um, but yeah, I don't remember having any. I mean, I would crave stuff, but it wasn't like ravenous cravings, like. I need this. It would just be, man, I really want a piece of chocolate. And I would just go eat a piece of chocolate. But with the first one? Oh, with Omari, I for sure had like serious, serious cravings. I didn't have any aversions with her, though. But then with the number two, you had like only aversions. Right. What else you had other than pickles? I don't remember anything else. That's the one that sticks out? That's the one I remember distinctly because it was something that I used to always eat. Mm Mm-hmm. And so then, and then even now I don't eat them like I used to. Like, I really did not want them at all when I was pregnant with her. And then immediately after, I still was kind of like, mm-mm. And it took me probably until the last two years to start eating them again. And even now it's like, I don't, I won't eat like a spear. I might eat it on my sandwich. So that's like a permanent change. Yeah. Darn. <laughs> Which one of them did you want pig feet with? Omari, our oldest. And yeah. I like I grew up eating it, and then one day I realized what I was eating, and I like got really grossed out about it. Mm-hmm. And then when I was pregnant with Omari, I was like, I need pig feet. It's like with her, I craved everything that I had when I was little. I craved pig feet. I craved my aunt Sandra's strawberry bread. Mm-hmm. I craved those. Flintstones, push pops, again, things that I had when I was little. Um, what about banana bread? Mm-mm, just my Aunt Sandra strawberry bread. Oh. But, um, did she teach you how to make that? She gave me the recipe, but mine did not turn out like hers when mm-hmm. I tried it. It wasn't nasty. It just it wasn't hers. hers. It was good. I mean, the kids enjoyed it, but I was like, this is not Aunt Sandra strawberry bread. Yeah. I don't want anything to do with it. Them extra drops of love. <laughs> you know? But, um... Yeah, with with our second, I did not have many cravings, just a bunch of aversions. Oh, you know what? I did have a craving with Ari. And this this one was odd because I craved nachos and salsa. Remember, I kept wanting like nachos and salsa from Uh Chili's. Uh Like you would bring it home for me from work when Uh you would... um, Come home from work, you would stop at Chili's and get it for me. Yep. Nachos. That was the only thing that I craved was like that spicy, spicy 
um, salsa and those chili. And I mean, those chips. And she don't even like pepper. Mm-mm. <laughs> at all. She was like, it's kind of spicy. Any mm-hmm. little thing. And it's not even spicy. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. put some black pepper on it. That was the only thing that I did crave. I just remembered that. Mm. I mean, your emotions are still all over the place. I remember going to Chili's asking for Paradise Pie, which was their, um, basically a brownie. Remember, it was a white brownie with um, chocolate chips and coconut over ice cream. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. With ice cream on top, and they were bringing it out warm. And they were bringing it out warm, and Mm -hmm. then having it out I teared up. I didn't cry that time. Mm-mm. Not like you did for the big potato. Right. But I did tear up. Because I was really pregnant at that point. I was That was probably like the first week of February. Because I had um, taken you to work that day. And so I was coming back to pick you up. And I was by myself. How did you um, drive? With, with the stomach? You just drive. It just seemed... I mean, there's fluffy people in the world that have to drive, too. Well, I ain't talking about fluffy people. I'm talking about <laughs> pregnant people who drive and the baby kick and blow the horn. Yeah. Like, I mean, if you're that close to the steering wheel, that's the first problem. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so they ended up bringing me, like, a cookie. Like, the warm, the skillet. What do they call it? The yeah. The cookie skillet thing yeah. with yeah. ice cream. And they didn't charge me for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But um, yeah. Other than the chips and the sauce, I don't. I don't remember any other cravings mm. with her. But she came on out. Were we at the same hospital? Mm-mm. Our doctor had moved to a new um, hospital. Mm. Mm-hmm. So it was a little bit further to drive, but um, we it, got there. Well before Yeah, we didn't have any I mean we didn't like the only child our water broke at the house was with our third. I thought I thought Ari was the one we where it didn't break but it started leaking. Yeah. And we were like, Let's go to the hospital. I think I'm leaking because I was leaking fluid at that Mm -hmm. point. And so we went and they kept us there like a day. We were there like a day. Well we we got there on the eleventh, um kind of early no it was in the afternoon we went in and they tested the water mm-hmm. quote unquote and it was amniotic fluid so they didn't make us leave because they knew it would break At and because moment. i was um i had all the extra fluid they knew that when it broke it was going to be everywhere which Man. it was <laughs> and so we stayed and um uh I think with all of them, they were kind of, there was kind of a moment where they try to make you go cesarean route. And, yeah, with all three of them. Yeah, and I, I prayed and I was like, God, I really don't want to do that. And I didn't. I didn't with any of them. And they come with all these reasons, too. That's the thing. And that, they kind of make you a little bit nervous about it. They don't make me nervous. They make me mad because it's, it's just another example of them not... You know, when people talk about the disparities of medical care for African-Americans, mm-hmm. this is part of that disparity where I am telling you my wishes. Right. You know what I'm saying? You are telling them your wishes and they're trying to for, sway you. Yeah. For lack of a better word, coerce you to what they want you to do. Right. And I'm like, that's not what we want. That's not what we feel like is best for our care. Yeah. And your reasons that you're telling me don't apply to my actual health care. Right. You're just talking about speed 
or all these things that really benefit you. Right. But right now, your job is to take care of me. Right. And it really it really aggravates me and get under my skin that all three times that we went to the hospital, even with Ari, you know, at some point a nurse comes in and was like, do you want an epidural? No. I mean, I understand that question. Like, yeah, yeah. But then you said no. But then they rattled down this list. And it's like, after you say, this isn't my first child. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like, I know what an epidural is. I know the reasons for mm-hmm. it. I don't want one. You know what I'm saying? But then, too, when they came in with the, um, I forget what it's called, but we said it last season. That stuff that they gave us at the hospital. Mm-hmm. And you were like, nope, because last time we had that, mm-hmm. my baby had a bad reaction. Mm-hmm. And then they rattle off the list again. Like, no, we've already done this rodeo. We don't want that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then when they come in with the cesarean question... It's like, no, we don't want the cesarean. And then when they rattle down that list, it's all things that only benefit them. It's quicker. You can schedule it. Right. You're back on your feet in this amount of time, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, but we already said no. Right. You know what I'm saying? So cool out. Yep. So it's, it's kind of frustrating um, dealing with that three times. For sure. Because I know like. You know, with Ari, because my water had been leaking for a long time. And then when it finally broke and she didn't come until the next day, they were like, well, you should consider doing a um, epidural because, you know, she's been your ba- your child. Because I still didn't know the sex of the baby yet. Mm-hmm. We didn't, you know, we never we, found we out. never found out with any of them until it was push day. <laughs> and so. Um, they, you know, give me all the reasons why. And I'm thinking, okay, okay, if it's really putting the baby in danger, then, all right, we can try the epidural. So then they roll the baby, <laughs> they roll the card in, and they're getting ready to start the epidural process. Hold on, hold on, hold on. This was after your water broke? Mm-hmm. Let's back the up. The water broke during the night. Let's back up. Because when your water broke with this one, it was the only time I was like, this is the stuff horror movies are made out of. <laughs> it was everywhere. Because it was just so much. And I was, it blew me away because I was like, where is it all coming from? Yeah. Like, it was just, I never in my life, and this is <laughs> as a military veteran, as a father, never in my life had I seen that much fluid. Because when your water broke with our oldest... Polyhydraminose, that's what it was called. Oh, when I, when your water broke with our oldest... yeah, It, it was, was like a little bit down my thigh and that was but, really it. But it was like a little splash or whatever. I don't even remember the splash. Because you said you was you went in the bathroom. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because at first it was like leaking down my leg. And then I went to the bathroom and I was like, okay, that's not, that's not pee. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and you said it was like a splash. Yeah. So, so okay. And I was like, my mind can rationalize yeah. a splash, mm-hmm. right? But when your water broke with Ari in that hospital room, and you and they were like, oh well, we got to get this; it got to come out. And you and they kind of set you up a little bit, and it was coming out. And they were bringing towel after towel after towel after towel. And I was sitting there like, it's still coming out. And, they and was, I went to get up. And yeah. then it, it came out more. Oh, I was like, oh, my God, you're still coming out. And they were like, and the nurses was just coming with towel after towel. And I was like, one, I was amazed that they had so many towels. I was like, what they laundry service look like? I was like, somebody making a lot of money off these towels. But then, two, 
I was like, where is all this fluid coming out of my wife's body? Like, <laughs> because, you know, with the first one, you were, you were pregnant. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then with the second one, it was comparable. Like, you were a little bit bigger than you were with the first one, mm-hmm. but it wasn't like considerable. Right. And then you weren't, uh, you know, you were all baby. So it wasn't like you was carrying it in your arms or right. in your face. So it's like, it's all centralized. It's all localized. But then when that fluid started coming out, I was just like, but it's still coming. And the nurse would leave and come back. And I'm like, it's still coming. And when four towels hit the floor, I was like, okay, we got to be near the end now. Because it's four towels on the floor. <laughs> and they almost soaked up. You know what I'm saying? Like, when you think about it, like, in your house, if you spring a leak. Yeah. Or something like that, or you spill something, and you use one towel. Right. You're like, man, this was a lot. Right. You use two <laughs> towels. You're like, wait a minute. Where is the water coming from? If you get the four towels off of a spill in your house you like, man, this was horrible. Right. And when they got past four tiles, I was, now I'm in awe. Because now I'm just watching, like, at, really at one point it crossed my mind. I said, I hope she don't pass out. Because I thought it was just like, I was like, that much fluid? I was like, all the hydration in her body got to be leaving. And now I was just like, I hope she don't pass out. Because this is a lot of fluid. That's funny. Because I was like, this, this was straight out of, like, I only seen a few horror movies in my life, but I was like, this is straight out of a horror movie. Like, if I wasn't sitting here and somebody explained this to me, like, to all you people listening, my words don't even do it justice. It was a lot. Mu- of how much liquid it I mean, it think about was. me, like, sitting there and you literally can't control it. Like, it's just water coming out of your, seaming your butt. But yeah. it's just like... This is a lot of water. Like, I know, like, because they told me, okay, yeah, you have this much extra fluid. This, you know, they would show me, like, mm-hmm. what normal was and versus what I would have. But you don't fathom that it would be that much. But it was a lot. It, it seemed a like lot. A, a whole lot. A whole lot. I was, I was completely amazed. And then, and then you started pushing. And then. Well, just to, to keep it, you know, consecutive. So. That happened in the middle of the night at some point, maybe around like midnight or so, right? So then the next morning, I still, you know, I'm contracting or whatever. My tolerance for pain is high. So for me, I never get to a 10 before I'm pushing because it's just, oh, it hurts. And then it doesn't. Like, oh, it hurts. Oh, you mean on the pain scale? Yeah. Yeah. And so they come in and they're checking my dilation or whatever. And they're like, oh, you're still only five. You're still six. And oh, mate, you made it to seven. But then it was just like a standstill. But mind you, they had me laying all the way back at this point. So I'm like, can I just sit up? They're like, no, no, no. You need to make sure you stay laying down. I'm like, I feel like if I sit up, it might help. So they never let me sit up. Mm-hmm. This is again back to right. that. Not listening to And so to then they're telling me all of the effects of, you know, the baby being in there for so long without any amniotic fluid and everything. And I'm like, okay. And they said, well, maybe if you relax more, you'll be able to get to 10 and you can push. So they were like, what about wait, wait. an epidural? Is that 10, 10 centimeters? 10 centimeters. Okay. Right. And so I said, all right, fine. You know, of course, we talked about it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then they come in and they start <laughs> prepping for the epidural. This poor person. And 
you know, they're prepping my back or whatever, and they're about to put the needle in. And I was like, wait, wait, you need to stop. And he's like, no, 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 we got to I said, no, you need to stop because the baby is coming. And they're like, what? No, you were just at six or seven before we started. So I said, no, the baby's coming right now. You need to stop. Now, the thing that's funny about that is, remember, you asked to sit up. I asked to sit up. To do an epidermal. Epidural. Epi- what did I say? Epidermal. Oh, yeah, to do an epidural. You had to sit up right. for them to get to your back. Right, which is what I asked them to do in the first starting place. at like five o'clock that morning. Right. And so I said, No, you need to stop. The baby's coming now. And I'm like, I refuse the epidural. And once I said that, they had to, to stop. stop. And so, um, and I like said it twice. I mm. said, No, I refuse. I refuse the epidural. <laughs> and so they finally stopped. And when I lay back, the nurse was like, Oh my God, the baby's you're 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 right. I said, I know that I'm right. I need to push. Like <laughs> And she started pushing. And I mean, the doctor's like trying to fumble, now, run into the room. Look, it was it was great. <laughs> it was great and terrifying as a father all at the same time because she refused it. The epiderm, the what do you call the person that gives the epidermis? I don't remember. Epidermis. No, the epidural guy is running out the room. Yeah. The doctor and the nurse are running but, into the room. But it's still like a, a thing was still on your back, and he's trying to get it out while the nurse while you're starting to lay back. So he's trying to get it out before you lay completely back. He's trying to move the little cart. The little cart. <laughs> The nurses coming through the door. They're breaking down the bed. Because at this hospital, which I really loved, everything was in the same room. So, like, the room that you check into is the room you have the baby mm-hmm. in is the room that you're in after the baby. Mm-hmm. So, like, they're breaking the bed down. Because the, <laughs> the bed is like a transformer. So, it gotta, they got to deconstruct and reconstruct the bed into a new configuration. So, the bed is essentially an autobot. And then the doctor is trying to come in while one nurse is you know, helping the bed transform and Mary's laying back. And then the doctor is basically like the doctor comes in with a baseball glove because the baby was practically out. Because at that point. I, at the, when I laid back and that nurse went around to look, she's like, oh my God, I see the baby's head. I'm like, I told y'all the baby was coming. I wasn't kidding. So, you know, I, it was like two, maybe three good pushes and she was yeah. out. Yep. And the doctor kind of came in and stuck their hand out. Yep. Just in the nick of the time to catch the baby. Yep. Because I have already had my lawyer on the phone. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and then she was here. And it's a girl in tears. And, mm-hmm. you know, she was perfectly perfect. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, she stayed. We stayed in the hospital the least amount of time with her. Yeah, like, yeah. she came and then, you know, I pushed her out that morning she started talking that afternoon (laughs) and you know my mom um my daughter who brought them down oh was it amber yeah somebody i don't remember amber i think it was amber lisa came with um amari bud oh bud but um yeah 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 yeah. but uh my my sister-in-love came and brought my mom and my daughter and and they came and saw us in the hospital that afternoon. Mm-hmm. And the next day, we were on the way home. Mm-hmm. After I bought another car. Oh, by the, and it snowed that night. Yeah. So now, like, every year, almost almost every year, it snowed on her birthday. Or, or close uh, or to it. Or very, very close to it. Hence. Yeah. <laughs> snow tomorrow. And um, they came and, and saw her. And uh, 
it was just a fun time. Yeah. Except for I had to buy another. Yeah, because who knew seat. that car seats expire? Like, we kept our car seat from our oldest really, really, really good. Like, we didn't, we, of course, didn't have any car accidents or anything with her in there. So, the, didn't have any type of, you know, integrity issues. And we bring it in and we're getting ready to get her all set to possibly leave that day. And they're like... <laughs> Oh, you can't use this car seat because it's expired. We're like expired. Fired. You know how much this car seat cost me? It's three hundred dollars. This is a three hundred dollar car seat. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, "This is a three hundred dollar car seat." What you mean it expired? And they were like, "Yeah, sorry, Mr. Robinson, this car seat has expired, and now um, we can't let the baby leave the hospital with this." particular car seat so then i had to go to target and shell out another 300 plus dollars for a car seat just so i can take my family back home which is ridiculous yeah that was so crazy yeah i was like man i just spent i mean mind you at that point omari's what five yeah so we had that car seat five years roughly i was like i mean i know it was five years ago but that's you know that was one of the reasons i opted to pay for the more expensive car seat with the with the base and uh, yeah the whole travel system yeah. as they called it and i'm like yeah we got that because we knew one you know when we were 16 we had already talked about having more than one kid right so when we had our first i was like oh i might as well just opt for the more expensive mm-hmm. stuff and with the idea of and we all quality and we bought everything gender neutral because we knew also that we didn't want to know what the genders would be. So right. like everything we bought was black and white or mm-hmm. yellow. That, and that brown color. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anything that we knew that you could use without question for either sex. So, mm-hmm. it, you know, we didn't pigeonhole ourselves into a blue or a pink mm-hmm. or a purple or a green. Mm-hmm. We, you know, black and white. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and it's twofold, right? There's a little bit of fiscal responsibility in there. Mm-hmm. But then, too, we also knew that like our oldest... We enjoy the mystery of the of the child's sex. Right. So we knew we wanted multiple children and we knew we weren't going to find out their sex. And it forced us to also, you know, anything that we bought pre-baby, it wasn't based on what's cute. It's based on what we really needed. Right. And the same thing with people that, you know, blessed us with stuff. Mm-hmm. They opted for the stuff that we knew we would need because you couldn't get caught in the, oh, this is so cute, mm-hmm. you know. And, oh, you having a little boy, so I'm going to buy him the Jordan outfit from Foot Locker. Or, oh, you having a little girl, so I'm going to get her the little cute uh, outfit from Oshkosh and the little heels mm-hmm. or the little pink Tims and all that kind of stuff that... You know, because they're infant, they're going to outgrow in a day and a half. You know what I'm saying? You're going to get them on their feet once, mm-hmm. and you're going to get a picture, and that's it. So, yeah, so it ended up working out for most people. For, I mean, for us, because it forced people to buy a lot of diapers. The stuff that we really needed. Diapers, wipes. Baby bottle inserts. Yeah. Stuff like that. Yep. Because we even had the bottles from uh, from our oldest. Yeah, we had, I used the same pump for all three breast pumps. Mm-hmm. I used the same little um, uh, breast pump little bottles. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, of course, I had to buy new Bad nipples insert. and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, most, for the ones that we didn't lose. Yeah. You know, sometimes with a baby, you lose yeah. some stuff too. But all of that stuff we had 
you know, carried over, carried over with no issue, but that daggone car seat. And like, thankfully, we were at a hospital with a Target right down the street. Mm-hmm. Um, but it still was like, man, thank God we got a few extra hundred dollars in the bank because mm-hmm. oh, no, we won't even extra really. It was we thank God extra. we got some. <laughs> it won't extra. It's like, oh man. Oh, we're going to have to pay the bill later because yeah. now I got to go home with get, something. got to get this car seat. It was like, oh, man, how long is our grace period on you know, <laughs> on these two bills? But, but for for you parents out there who are thinking about, you know, getting a hand-me-down car seat or um, using it for your second, if you already have one, under the bottom of the car seat on at some place. Ours was kind of on the side under the bottom. Mm-hmm. It has an expiration That's date. Indeed. And so just make sure you check that before you commit to using, you know, a perfectly good car seat is what I call it. Because mm-hmm. ours was perfectly good, except for the fact that it was six years old. And I think they expire after five years. Mm-hmm. And and then, you know, it just reminded me that, you know, this is one of those times where maybe our parents did have it easier. <laughs> you know, cause they didn't have so many car seat laws back in the 80s. That's the truth. And they would just stick you in their lap and then mm-hmm. put the seatbelt on seat both of you. you know all that kind of stuff just hold still hold yep. still i ain't doing stop but, moving you're moving too much i ain't doing but 60 <laughs> y'all sit down sit down quiet. doing 60 miles now don't let the cops see you <laughs> all that kind of good stuff so yeah but once we did get the car seat because that was really the only thing we had to do um all of her shots and all of that they did because we had told them the night before that we wanted to leave the next day and um they told us well as long as they could get all of her paperwork and everything done they wouldn't have a problem with that because this wasn't my first baby and she was perfectly fine like there wasn't a need Mm-mm. to keep her any longer than Mm-mm. over one night mm-hmm. and so at the hospital we delivered that like they have like a special dinner for moms and dads mm-hmm. And so usually most parents will opt to have it the second night. We opted to have it that same night. It was mm-hmm. like, can we get that steak dinner tonight, please? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was all right. It was all right. Yeah, yeah. They, they did okay yeah. when they do the little steak dinner. Or you can opt for something else. We just opted for the steak. I mean, especially since as not new parents, we already knew what we were getting into. So that was like a date night for us because mm-hmm. the new baby was with the nurse our oldest was at home. That's not true. What? Remember when Amber brought mom to the hospital, she didn't, Mama and Amari stayed that night because it snowed. Oh, that's right. So because it was snowing, they were in the room. They were in the room with us. Um, and you know, you had to go out and grab them some food. (laughs) And, um, because she had to go back, because they live, you know, near about like an hour, away. hour and a half away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So to try to miss and beat the snow, snow, they had to go the fastest way possible, which was not taking my mom and, mm. and our oldest back to our house. Mm-hmm. They had to take them, I mean, leave them and just go goes, home. Go straight up. Because yeah. of the weather. So Dang, I forgot all about that. <laughs> well, well, then to my point, she was occupied. Yeah. So, yeah, Mara was certainly occupied. So she was occupied, and the new baby was—I don't know—was that the one when we had the baby in the room with us most of the night? One of them was in the room with yeah, us. Yeah, it was. Night, it even was though the, the, it was um the last two. Could they? Because yeah, this one was. 
they had the thing about bonding because I did the skin to skin yeah. with all of we, them. We did that, that with all three. I thought that was really cool. But then, but but this hospital had the thing with the the baby could be in the room, but at any moment you could call the nurse to come get the baby. To come get yeah. the baby. And so you know, we actually had a quiet, a semi quiet, me and you steak dinner, which was which was nice because you know, um, you know, the next x number of months with a newborn is even if you've already done it it's still the toughest it is tough it's tough even the first three months i would say even, maybe even four even if you've done tough. it before because with amari i was borderline delirious it was a couple of times where i was worried about you and then what with the with our second one it was the, kind of the same thing where it it's was just tough, tough. It's it was just, tough because they're <laughs> Their day night cycles can be off. And, and then we had a five year old. And, and yeah. so it was like, yeah. oh my God. And I was trying to teach the children of the world. That's what I call it when I'm teaching my kids. Mm-hmm. Teach the children what, of the world. I mean, that's what you're I'm doing. Trying right? to teach and you're teaching the children and of the world. And holding an infant. I mean, the newborn o- and not fall asleep. The only major benefit was either I was finished school at the time or near finished when Ari came along. I'm pretty sure you were done. And then I think I I was at a yeah you were at a a, a more stable spot by yeah, that point by that point so that was that was the only benefit because I didn't have the yeah because I wouldn't have stopped work. working if I hadn't if we hadn't thought that your spot was more stable yeah so at least I I didn't have the if you listen to season one I talk about being in college because I was a, a late I didn't go to college right after high school so going to college and working mm-hmm. and having a a new baby at home which was tough or even dealing with with your pregnancy at the time was really tough yep um having those three things at once to juggle but this time around i didn't have that and it was still hard yeah it was it yeah. was it was hard so they cute and precious and you love them and when they get older you like them a lot more but that brick of time when you first bring them home it's hard it's it's hard on anybody it's hard on your sanity it's hard on your patience it's hard on your on your sleep patterns it's it's really tough yeah and they and they and they and they're oblivious to it like right now she's six about to be seven and if you look at her and be like girl if you only knew now i feel like my parents (laughs) i was in labor with you seven days six nights on noah's ark I don't know what's <laughs> So yeah, so yeah, that that's one of those that's one of those things. Well, I gave birth to you, and your big head came out. She's actually our most lean child, but she was the biggest at birth. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And she's she started talking early. She started walking, and um, she was always aware, even at, as an infant. Yeah, she was very aware. But Hyper, we'll talk about that next week. Hyper aware. Hyper aware all the time. Yeah. Yeah, I thought we was talking about the the third one next week, the surprise child. No, we can we can keep yeah, on we, with. We can call that one surprise. I'm here. <laughs> yeah, that'll be a good that's, title. For that's that how one. I, that's how I felt. Surprise! Anyway, I thought you were done. Yeah, surprise! <laughs> All right, but that was good. Yeah, that was good. Nice stroll down memory lane. Mm-hmm. She gonna little, get a kick out of it when little, she hear this podcast. Little Ari. Yeah, she gonna get a kick out of it when she hear this. Yeah, she'll Y'all love talking it later. about me. Y'all talking about me. And then she gonna throw a smile mm-hmm. with her little toothless grin she got right now. Mm-hmm. Anyway, 
Well, thanks everyone for listening. We appreciate your attention. Yep. And you can follow us on uh, different social media platforms, Instagram and Twitter. I'll put the links in the show notes. Fantastic. Yep. Well, thanks everyone. Thanks everyone. Have a great day. Bye. We have some exciting news. Very exciting. Very exciting. So our daughter, Amari Robinson, is launching her first podcast this week. Yep. The very first one. Bet you didn't know. Bet you didn't know. It's going to be live everywhere you're listening to this podcast. You can listen to her podcast. So it's called Betcha Didn't Know by Amari Robinson. And she is talking about um, influential African-Americans that have inspired her. And she's so, so excited about it. So make sure you tune in, guys. Thanks.